So I worked from home today. And? And so the thing about my house is I, I, I cook. I cook everything. My house is full of ingredients, but that's the fucking problem. My house is full of ingredients. And so if I'm working from home and I'm like, okay, I should put some food in myself and I go to make something like a quick like snack or something, I'm like, God damn it, I have to cook. <laughs> like I don't have like just like junk food laying around. I have ingredients for junk food, but I don't have actual like food food, right? Like ready to go, like right. a You're- hot pocket or something. Um, so I have to cook. Right, yeah, I get what but, you're saying. But what I did have was um, half a can of beans that was left over from making a burrito for my son's lunch. And I ate the rest of the can of beans with tortilla chips. <laughs> I've been burping those refried beans all day. Oh, if only we were recording this with video, the, the listeners would be able to see my face right now. <laughs> Uh, okay. All right. This is what you've resorted to on your days when you are working from home. I totally reform. We get so much more done here at home than when I go into the office. But, um, <laughs> it's like, there's, a, what is it? The, you know how, um, well, I don't know. They're at Whole Foods. Like the, the can of refried beans. Like those are so good. I'll just open up a can and put it over a tostada and put some cotija cheese on it. And I am one happy motherfucking camper. Yeah. Like, those are the best beans, like, that are canned, right? Mm. But I was like, okay, I can do this. And so I... <laughs> <laughs> You're going to hate me, but I don't see beans as, like, a highlight of a dish. It's sort of an afterthought that's just there to fill well, in space. I love beaner. Like, I love beans. <laughs> <laughs> oh, shit. <laughs> I love beans. Is that where the term comes from? Frijoleros, Yes. Really? Wait, do you guys call yourselves? I mean, I don't know if we're supposed to. I, I'm asking seriously now that the, <laughs> the word is derived from the word bean. Yes. Because you eat beans and you're a Correct. fruit. Oh, okay. Well, it makes sense. That's a lot. Just of- like people call us wetbacks because we apparently swam through the river grand see i never understood that one i never just right now i'm getting it because of what you're saying yeah i've heard the term i never knew what it meant i knew it meant now the question is have you said the term i haven't said the term there was no reason for me to say the term uh but i i never knew what the term meant and how it related to latin people yeah it's derogatory I knew that it was derogatory, but what was I, I didn't know like, it had to do with... Like, don't go walking around calling well, people beaners. I was... Okay, because, like, for example, I come from Florida and a lot, in Miami area. A lot of people know that, uh, you know, uh, Cuba is not too far away, right? So people talk about people coming over on banana boats and swimming across the ocean. So in that sense, I could see how it would make more sense. Mm-hmm. But I never understood why... Like, because you're saying the Rio Grande River. Now I understand. But I never knew... It. What river they were crossing, <laughs> or if there was even a river. You see what I mean? They were going around Hawaii. They were swimming from Mexico and Central uh, America, swimming through the Pacific. They'd make a right at Hawaii and then come right back. That way they just swim on swim ashore. They come in with a tide. Okay. <laughs> okay. You, t- you, you followed the I, path. I was in following your head. the path. Yeah, yeah. You had me there for a second. And I was like, wait a minute. That's where we're at right now. 
Holy free holies. I've been saying that at work because... Um, holy free holies? I go, holy free holies. Really? Uh, yeah, and it's just because I'm like trying my best not to curse at work. So you could slip that one in instead of like a, an F-bomb. But I say it like, holy free holies. Like and how I said it. Yeah, like like <laughs> I say it white. <laughs> free holy free holies. Holy free holies. And I mean, whatever. It's fine. <laughs> anyway. So you had a burrito today. And no, I didn't. I had a can of beans, a can of beans and tortilla chips. From a leftover burrito that you made for your son. Yeah. Okay, right. I understand completely now. So I've been burping all day. It's weird. Mm-hmm. Just burping? Yeah, like <laughs> I tried farting. Like I was in the bathroom not too long ago. Like, please, just something come out of me. I feel bloated. And <laughs> so I have this big old glass of water. I'm like, it's going to come out at some point. But I feel oh, so man. bloated. It's like a it's like a rock in my stomach. <laughs> I feel sorry for you. I do. I, I sorry do. For I me. do. I feel sorry for you if you go to the bathroom. I feel sorry for our <laughs> listeners right now, too. <laughs> They were like, well, I thought these guys were going to talk about a classic horror movie on a Sunday afternoon, and instead I get all this poop humor. (laughs) (laughs) Well, welcome back to the Ice Cream Parlor. I'm Heidi. For another episode (laughs) of an Ice Cream Sunday. And that's Stefan. Yes, Yes. another episode of, of an Ice Cream Sunday. And today we're really quickly going to tell you all the reasons why you need to watch the cabinet of Dr. Caligari. Yes, yes, okay, yes. That's or the reasons that you. No, I got a bad. <laughs> I was just trying to play devil's advocate, and all of a sudden, you gave me the You're devil's. You're gonna love. get the devil. <laughs> Shit. What the hell? <laughs> I mean, okay. Well, I have questions. I need your guidance okay. because I thought it was a nice silent movie from nineteen, which uh, twenty, right? It's a, okay, so the Cabinet of Doctor Doctor Caligari is a. It's one of the first, in some circles, the first. Horror film. Oh, really? Yeah. This is the Black Sabbath of horror movies or whatever? Uh, that's a whole different rabbit hole. Okay, wait, don't, don't distract me. Um, it, It's the from 1920. And this um, movie is one of the most influential movies. Um, and even watching it, you can see where other artists that we enjoy have pulled their um, their looks from, their 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 quirks from so you had never heard of this movie before i have in our slash card games (laughs) i've never heard of it before then but there's these questions that pop up where i'm like i have no fucking idea (laughs) it's and this is one of them it's a german movie um it's from 1920 it's in some circles, the first horror movie. It paved the way for so many different like subgenres. And what I love about this movie is from start to finish, I am thoroughly entertained. I fucking dug the crap out of it. Uh, yeah, I actually did too. So don't take it the wrong way. Um, definitely understand that this is probably a, a really significant piece in um, film and horror movie history, whatever. Uh, But I was a little confused with some things at first because I was maybe of my own ignorance, but I had no idea what a Sonamamambalus is or whatever. (laughs) (laughs) I was like trying to figure that out for half the movie and then finally understood it was a sleepwalker. 
The general synopsis is uh, Dr. Caligari uses a sleepwalker um, that he keeps under hypnosis and uses him to commit murders, murders, a murder most foul, Um, a few murders. And what we find out is this guy, the main character. So it's written by Robert. Sorry, it's written by Carl Mayer and Hans Janowitz. Um, and it was directed by Robert Wine, W I E N E, Weenie. Weenie. <laughs> <And> Weenie. <it's> <laughs> but uh, Dr. Caligari, um, we find out, is not actually Dr. Caligari. He is a the director for an insane asylum, and he has mimicked the life of this Italian Dr. Caligari because he wanted to be able to uh, control the um the the sleepwalker so this also could very well be the first zombie movie oh wow okay and right? uh, now that you've just even given me the synopsis like i understand it a little bit more like there were some parts of it where i just didn't understand if i understood what was going on I and mean, i don't know if it's because it's a silent film and i'm trying to read you know, and well, I was reading it to you in German. <laughs> oh, that was the best part. <laughs> Nine Heineken's. <laughs> uh, it, it was okay. So it's a really good movie. Okay, so it's a silent film, but like we mentioned in the last episode, that was also a silent film, Metropolis. There's music still. It's not well, what like I want everybody to make sure they know that silent film doesn't mean you're just gonna sit in silence. Correct. Yeah. Now the music was fucking amazing. Yeah. Well, this is at a time when um, you, you basically the art form that was before moving pictures and movies and and film and everything is obviously music and audible what you can hear radio tv that kind not tv but you get what i'm saying right so what i'm trying to say is you have the orchestra the orchestra knows how to carry the mood that's what people used to do they would go to the opera they would go to the orchestra and that's their entertainment you know so now you have these film directors who came in and figured out how to put it on film to be able to display it and obviously they couldn't get the audio bits yet to be able to record the voice so they said we'll subtitle it but we need to carry the mood and that's where the orchestra comes in and they did it brilliantly mm-hmm. here yeah. because this whole movie I can only imagine being in 1920 watching this movie. Uh, but this whole movie leaves you uneasy from start to finish. You know something's going to go wrong, but you just don't know what it is. And I mean, I kind of do. You kind of do because we've seen movies like that follow what this movie did first. And we're like, okay, well, there's going to be a twist ending. There's going to be this. There's going to be that. And, and we... We can see that coming now, but if you're watching it and you're thinking like, okay, this has never been done before. This is, there's never been a movie like this. There was never a movie like that before. So it must have been like, what the fuck? Yeah, yeah. This is what I was talking to you about when we went to that Pink Floyd exhibit because I was explaining to you how they, in certain aspects, were also a band that had done some things that never had been done before, uh, especially with light shows and lasers and other stuff like that. Uh, but going back to the movie, you're absolutely right. This is one of those it came before everything. And again, this is a German film. Is that what you were telling me? German, yeah. So it's not Hollywood still. Mm-hmm. Hollywood... 
Where were we last last episode? Also in Germany? Metropolis, Metropolis I thought. Metropolis, yeah, right? Yeah. yeah. So not that I'm trying to back Hollywood, even though we live in Hollywood's backyard. Um, I am just actually kind of, uh, you know, smirking a little bit at seeing that some of the roots and found, you know, founding um, building blocks of the horror genre, just any movie genre in general, cinematic history also are not from Hollywood. <laughs> uh, Hollywood is like that girl that you meet at the club, but then the next morning when you wake up, she looks totally different. That's fucked up. That's that's that the real like, oh shit, what did I wake up that's next your to? <laughs> <laughs> so, okay, I know you mentioned that. I've always wondered if I've been that girl to people. <laughs> <laughs> I think we've all been that person to somebody. Well, maybe, but I remember, because you know I used to go to the Brass Monkey all the time? Yeah. There was this one guy that I went home with. That funky monkey. <laughs> and that and and it was like very convenient because he like lived around the corner kind of thing. And mm-hmm. um <laughs> so convenient. And it was one of those things like he took patty cakes and I, I think we went to dinner also. Like we went to go get to the tofu house down the street uh afterwards and then we went, right? And so um and you know, it's just a drunken stupor kind of thing, right? Uh the next day when he dropped me off in my car. <laughs> He's like, hey, can I get your number? And I'm like, oh, yeah. And I wrote it down. And, and you know, Heidi, I don't look like a Heidi. And my phone number literally had, it was it was like 812-2222. And so he's like, like I gave him the wrong number. <laughs> he's <laughs> like, this has happened to me before. He's like, God Come damn on. it. He's like, Come yeah, sure, Heidi, that's your number. Yeah. Right? And, and I, then I remember his face. And it didn't register until after he drove off. And I was like. Oh, I bet that didn't sound legit. <laughs> like, you know, because you can give them a fake number. Yeah, but. <laughs> I know. I've, I've had ups and I've had downs, you know, a lot of ups. But then there was some downs where I got a number and I called it and it goes to that like fake voicemail line or whatever that, you you know, you've mm-hmm. heard about that, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. of course. It- yeah, you know about that. What's that other code? At starfish. And you order a starfish <laughs> at a bar. Starfish and, the and then you go to the, And then you go to the bathroom and then somebody's supposed to meet you in there for like some safety meeting or something what happens now it's called a fire drill <laughs> fire in a hole um like my worst my worst date kind of has been i went to this guy's house and he gave me a glass of water and there was a roach in it oh where were you in watts no i was in boyle heights <laughs> i've been in boyle heights a lot of times and <laughs> you can see it happening yeah 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 <laughs> Oh, okay, anyway this movie <laughs> well so just as unsettling as that date this movie is fucking grimy this movie is full of shadows and darkness and because this was this movie was filmed in a set no outside scenes at all everything was constructed everything and because it was in black and white they very cleverly used um different textures i want to say so like when you see excuse me when you see the heroine of the movie um wait jane, they were doing drugs i must yes missed that they were part. doing drugs jane the woman that the two guys are fighting over or not fighting over they're they're like no whatever one of she's picks but you know we'll still be friends you know um jane when they show her they have 
softer textiles on the screen and it kind of looks purple and and right. everything is pillowy and and then it's just gentle but when they show dr caligari everything is jagged and even the shadows look yeah, like yeah. They're, they're sharp, sharp. objects and it, it's really really well done I, I could go on for hours about this movie but it's a nice room sunday so we're gonna condense it sure like yeah soup. well i wanted to jump in and say real quick that you were talking about the set design and everything and i completely felt that and i and not in a bad way it the whole movie and again this goes back to the roots of film and movie and everything i felt like they were filming a play but not in a bad way again and not that a plays are bad i'm saying that you could see that there was this giant stage that they had to build there's mm -hmm. no obviously cgi or anything like that so and then the actors came out and yeah i get it there were cuts and it wasn't all the way through like a play but i feel like they performed as if actors in a great play would perform where they knew it all in and out they were the characters they were in the moment and again the sets were gigantic the performances were gigantic it just really came across and you could feel it um through the screen yeah like even the so the sets were built out of paper and they did brilliantly yeah they made like city streets and like you know Again, I, you got to use your imagination a little bit because of the time, but then you got to think about what those people were living in those times and how it took the imagination to get that actually constructed. Um, I was amazed at that, and I'm always amazed at that. Sometimes it just completely blows my mind how you know people in history have had to put in so much work and effort to get the little tiny things off the ground, which we now can do with a, with a mouse and a point and a click or whatever, you know? Right. But let's also not forget that this movie was written in 1918. 1918. Okay. Uh, in 1918 to 1919, um, just after World War One. Oh, right. Right before World War II. And, right. In the <laughs> and the guys that wrote it were pacifists. Mm. And they, uh, they shared that they subconsciously must have written this like anti-authoritarian kind of movie because it depicts the guy in charge as the bad guy, right? right. It depicts the, the people in charge, the police officers unable to do shit, right? Mm -hmm. And it shows how one person, so maybe the government, is controlling the, the guy, um, what was his name? Um, Caesar? Oh, right. The guy Caesar. Cesare or something. Yeah, That's how I read it. he's controlling Caesar. And Caesar is just like, okay, he's telling me to do it. I got to do it. Like the Nazis did. Sure, Nazis? sure, yeah. You I... know, so it, it was. it's very much, they um, were in a very just precarious time in history. Oh, yeah. In America, 1920s was prohibition and everything coming around the corner. And, um, you know, there was a lot of things going on where it was you had to you know kind of be under the table or very careful and tiptoe around certain mm -hmm. uh, things or whatever and that's what i mean like just the way they put the movie together it just blows my mind to know that that's what you know I'm, I'm glad that the people in history before us put all this effort in because now we're at a place today where we can really sort of you know easily do a lot of things we want to do creatively um i definitely enjoyed like i said the the acting and the way it came across because that Caligari character, like mm -hmm. he just was in it. He was, and he looked like the penguin too. Which yeah. I loved. He, okay. So <laughs> this movie seems to have influenced fucking everything that you and I hold dear. Like 
Dr. Caligari does look like the penguin. Yeah. I said it so yeah. many times. It looks like yeah. one of my exes. Especially especially <laughs> the penguin, uh, Danny DeVito penguin. Danny DeVito yeah. penguin. Speaking of which, he that's the Tim Burton one, right? I think so, yeah. Very much Tim, Tim Burton, Burton vibes, yep. right? This mm-hmm. entire movie, yeah. Tim Burton vibes. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Now that I think about it, even more. And uh, it all makes sense, you know. And yeah. People borrow from the inspiration that, that uh, sparks whatever they the fire. Hold, whatever they love. Yeah, no, totally. So th- then this movie, like, even influenced, um, I think I read somewhere that was, like, even David Bowie created his, like, tour stage when he was on tour uh, with the cityscape of the scenes in the cabinet of Dr. Caligari. Like, it's everywhere. Mm-hmm. It's everywhere. So... And, even we can even one could even argue that it's Shyamalan inspired Shyamalan because of the twist ending. Oh right, right, right. right. Because you and I have seen that, but nobody else at that point had seen the twist ending before. Right, as far as we know. Well, there have been twist endings before Shyamalan. Okay, yes, there have been. It's he, you know, really leaned into he it. He beat that dead horse. Well, he leaned into <laughs> it, and then it became his thing. You know, mm-hmm. now if he makes a movie that doesn't have a twist ending, people are going to think it's a flop. You know, so he sort of backed himself into a corner in a right. way, um, which is why wasn't he shooting like fucking commercials or something? I don't know. Or was that in a? I don't know. Anyway, doesn't matter. Was that in the comedy? No, I think it was in an Entourage <laughs> episode. He was shooting like an Amex commercial or something like that. Uh, but definitely, yeah, a lot of people had to have been inspired, especially since this was such an early movie. Not just a horror film, but like we said, in film history, it was very early on. Um, the 20s was a crazy time. I love watching Boardwalk Empire because that's that period of time. Mm-hmm. So early mm-hmm. America, bootlegging, gangsters, everybody's sort of like Wild West, but you know, still not cowboys and Indians kind of thing. No, um, and the casting, like, I mean, there are people who apparently were great actors of their time, but it was funny because in the opening scene, I'm like, what's Mr. Bean doing in there? Yeah, you called it Mr. Bean I, I and Crispin Glover or and then, something. Uh, yeah, so the main character, um, the main character, I'm so bad Franz, with names. Francis. Oh, okay. There's Francis, and then there's his friend, Alan. And Francis looks like Mr. Bean, and Alan looks like Crispin Glover. And I'm like, oh, star-studded cast, we get yeah. again. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So the, let me just kind of like ask you if I got it right, because I, I'm still sort of confused. So the Dr. Caligari is mm-hmm. sort of like he's from the psycho ward, whatever, the insane asylum. He hears or reads a book or something about this real Dr. Caligari who – has like mind control or something over a sleepwalking mm-hmm. zombie who yep. he uses to do murder and dirt deeds, right? Well, and so this guy decides to do the same thing, but he does have a sleep control over the sleepwalking Caesar, right? Yes. So he has, uh, so Dr. Caligari's actual name, I don't think I wrote that down anywhere. But um, the Caesar character is but- not the same Caesar from the original Caligari, is it? So, no. So, the original Dr. Caligari was from, like, uh, like the 11th century monk okay. who had these this ability to get somebody who's a sleepwalker, a synobulist. Synob- yeah, what whatever. is it? Synobulism or synobulist? Uh, somnobulist. Somnobulist. Yeah, that's, like he really likes knobs. That's somnobulist over so, there, I'll a, tell you. It's like sleepwalking. Um, and so, he was... The real Caligari was able to use that 
that's that mid sleep, mid awake kind of like hypnotized hypnosis. Uh, yeah, yeah, like that little like before REM sleep kind of like um, space when somebody falls asleep and was able to use that like as a hypnosis to really make people do things they wouldn't normally do. Right. Okay. And so this doctor who was actually he was the director of the of the insane asylum. He learned all about him and he couldn't do anything about it until a sleepwalker came into the asylum. And that's okay, when that's he's like, I can do see. it yeah. now. Okay. Yeah. And this was a flashback scene, mm-hmm. maybe the first flashback ever. Sure, sure. Um, and, and so he, he used that sleepwalker and that was Caesar. And that's who he was able to get control of. And that's when he started. Uh, so uh, the fake Dr. Caligari started having this mental breakdown where he that's where we see become Dr. Caligari, become, I must become Dr. Caligari until he finally does. And he does that by sneaking out of the asylum with Caesar and going into town because he sees that there's a fair. Right. Yeah. So his whole idea is let me display my, my character, like, you know, the bearded lady or something like that. Yeah. And so what's the, where's the murder part come in? Like, like, is he just, deciding he wants to kill people and this is how he wants to well, do it remember the first victim was the um the guy who brushed him off at the county clerk's office that when he was trying to get a permit so he killed him because oh, he was mad right, at him right right and i was like damn they needed permits back then that's fucking crazy <laughs> and, and, and yeah yeah okay so so it was more of a vengeful thing he basically knew yeah he was gonna revenge like, yeah. and then i think the sec- so the second victim was was alan Mm-hmm. And that was because um, he foretold that he would uh, the, uh, the so Caesar in, when he woke up um, the whole shtick was when Caesar's awake he will read your fortune he can, tell you every, right. he knows everything about everything yeah. which really can just be he just makes things up and in order to make it real they he went to kill yeah right? you will not survive until the you will not live so, to see the dawn or something live, like yeah, that yeah you will not live to see the dawn and then this the third person like so there was somebody else that was almost murdered and that was that turned out to be a guy who was going to use all of these murders happening to get even with this old lady so that wasn't a yeah, true murder yeah okay see i got a little lost in some of the subplots and everything mm-hmm. but it didn't deter me from what i was seeing Right. In the movie. Like, I still understood that this is very yeah, epic yeah. And, a, and a very influential movie. Um, again, like, they pulled it off very well. well I, I just, you know, I think, I don't know, for this one, for some reason, it just, the dialogue, whatever it was, I just, I probably have to watch it again a few more times just to really grasp it. Okay. But, Fair enough. We'll watch it again. Um, <laughs> the, um, the scene where Caesar kidnaps Jane. Um, the girl that Alan and Francis are in love with. Yeah, it was the, so funny how they were like, well, let's go. We'll have to leave the decision up to her. Like, it's not already <laughs> fucking her decision. I mean, if it, well, in, thanks, in, a weird, guys. in a weird way, that's the like nice way out. It's like, oh, well, we both like her. We'll just leave, let her decide. But if only one of them liked her, he would have gone up to her and be like, you're mine, bitch. Well, so here's the thing. Yes. <laughs> And I think so. But here's the thing. My mind is so like nowadays, like everything's a twist on a twist and a twist. I was like, he's going. And I thought 
that he that Francis was going to try to kill Alan. That's why Alan died. I, I thought Francis killed Alan oh, and was going right. to blame yeah. it on, on the murderers. Yeah, yeah. But it really was some other strange guy that was doing that framing kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, but no, Francis ended up being a good guy. Um, I don't want to say the twist ending. <laughs> I don't want to say the twist ending because everybody needs to see this movie. Oh, you, it is you're fucking just amazing. Gonna, okay. Just so gonna we're not going to even touch on nope. it. Nope. Okay. But I do okay. want to say that when Caesar kidnaps Jane and he's running through town and then he ends up on that hill where he falls, um, that totally looked like Frankenstein. You haven't seen that yet. Okay. So the um, just the outside scenes are like painted. And I mean, it's super cool. Like they did. You mean so like much. the it the almost has like color to it or something? Like they put no, a no, like um. Oh, the background, the background. is paint. Uh-huh. Yes, I did notice that. That there were some parts that looked completely like um, a city or something, and were no. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that were. That were painted. Water, <laughs> <laughs> there was parts that were painted, and everything also had this weird, like you say, Tim Burton. Like we, a slant. I'm going like to say Tim Burton esque, but really no, Tim Burton really borrowed it from him. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, the 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 tilt of the housing uh-huh. and the rooftops and all that, the jaggedness. It was really cool. And super creepy. Mm-hmm. Like so, you know how I watched that show, The IT Crowd. Oh yeah, that British show with the. Uh, the, the nerds, support. yeah. Yeah. And you know how there's that one like creepy guy that's like the guy from You mean Great the guy who talks like yes. this and who's in the cl- uh, he looks closet. Like him. <laughs> yeah. He looks like him, doesn't he? <laughs> uh, he's, he's in the Great British Bake Off yeah, too. Yeah, 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 yeah. He looks like the Caesar guy. Uh okay, okay. Anyway. I can I, I, I can see it. <laughs> they both look like they listen to the misfits together. <laughs> <laughs> So anyway, the, the, yeah, yeah, I, um, I lost my train of thought. It was good. It was good. It was good. Um, I would caution, uh, that if you have somebody who is prone to falling asleep during a movie that you try them on this, like, is you have to read the movie. Like you can't look away. Like I was using this, (laughs) that's going to sound bad. (laughs) I was going to say I was using this massager one. (laughs) Okay. <laughs> I was gonna say I was using this personal massager while I was watching it, and I couldn't look away from it, so I had to just sit there and watch it. Okay. Well, but, you just told everybody right now, so now what, they know you're over there like. <laughs> <laughs> but no, no, it's it's the kind of massager that uh-huh. looks like it looks like a, a sweater. magic wand. Shut up! <laughs> no, tell the truth. It looks like a sweater, and and you wear it over your shoulders, and it like deep tissue massages. A sweater. Yeah, whatever. It looks like a shrug. You don't know what a shrug is. See? That's why I said sweater. It's like almost sleeves. Okay. Whatever. All right. Pervert. Okay. (laughs) Uh, So let's see. Where are we at? We're not going to give away the ending, so we don't need to get into too much of the details. We really urge people to go watch the classics so they can experience the on their own, you know? The first horror movie. I mean, there, there, I guess there were like shorts, like ghost stories and stuff. But that's different than a, a feature film. It's this seventy-four seem like minute a f- film. Yeah, yeah. If you were, you know, back then, and uh, you know, they were like, "Oh, let's go to the picture, the moving pictures." You know, it definitely would have been something that I can see. You know, lo- b- both 
adults and children or anybody who saw this movie were like, whoa, the fuck? You know, it could scare the shit out of you, you know? A hundred and one year old movie and it still kicks ass. Yeah, yeah. So um, without getting into any more of the major details of the movie, what um, what was your favorite scene? I think my favorite scenes are the ones with actually Dr. Caligari in it mm-hmm. because he is so expressive. Yeah. No words, but he is so expressive. His eyes, even though it's black and white and you would think that shadows would be an issue seeing the whites of your eyes, he fucking owned that shit. I think if I had to pick a scene, it would be the scene where they go and search his house and he's freaking the hell out. Oh, right. Now, I, when they went in his house, was that the scene where they also went up the giant stairway or something like no that was a different location wasn't yes. it yeah so part of me was getting his confused. house was just this box that, like that's like topsy turvy not yeah no i remember it's that slanted and the like so slanted that the door closes if you don't hold it open um that's all it was but it's because he he's got that expression so if you think of danny devito as the penguin and he's like hunched over and like looking everywhere like all fucking crazy and you can smell the smell of fish through the screen <laughs> This is what Dr. Caligari did. This is what this actor did. So there must have been another scene where there was a giant staircase because I kept thinking like, what? They went through that. And then all of a sudden there's this huge like staircase. Yeah. So Alan lives upstairs. Of Caligari's place? No, of a building. Okay. That's what it was. I was getting confused then. But I, yeah. So I guess there's also a remake. And I'm scared to watch it. It's like a 1962 remake. And um, I, I doesn't called me like even just looking at the stills like the pictures it's not something that i would want to watch well i did notice when i was trying to look up some info about the movie that there was another one called the cabinet of caligari not dr caligari is that the one you're referring to there's also one in 2005 what What? fresh well we didn't hear about that because david lee fisher what director david lee fisher what the hell kind of nonsense <laughs> but the one that you're talking about before that was that 1962? just called was it called the dr caligari or just caligari um the cabinet of caligari yeah i saw that title and i was like hmm, uh, that's a good way to get and around there's it jeff goldblum <laughs> <laughs> oh he keeps coming back he's popping up as an ad jeff goldblum's <laughs> in your algorithm that's okay. I mean, there are worse things. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, have you have you ever seen The Island of Dr. Moreau? So, funny thing that you said that, because when I was thinking, oh, let's watch The Cabinet of Dr. Caligari, in my mind, I was like, The Cabinet of the Island of Dr. Moreau. <laughs> and so, I had switched them in my mind. So, I was like, this has nothing to do with an island. Yeah, There's yeah. no animal people here. You're like, where's that dog, uh, dog man dog, again? Dog man. Where's dog man? <laughs> but yeah, so I guess that's one on our list now because I haven't seen. So here's what I have heard. The Island of Dr. Moreau obviously was a remake in our generation with, I forgot who played it. I want to say maybe Anthony Hopkins or somebody is in it. Um, and Val Kilmer. Really? If it's not the saint um, <laughs> from 1996, maybe who's in it? Marlon Brando. Mar- oh, <laughs> right, Van yes, Mar- Val Kilmer. Marlon Brando and Val Kilmer. <laughs> yep. See, I heard that that movie was horrible. 
I've never seen it, but I heard that so, it fucking was not good. Van Damme, I mean Van Damme. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Val Kilmer is great in The Saint, but mostly because he's great to look at. And when he was Batman, he was great to look at. But I don't really like many of his movies, aside from The Saint. And I think because it has Elizabeth Shue in it. I think Val Kilmer is good in a lot of movies. He's great in Top Gun. He was great in the Doors movie. He played Jim Morrison impeccably. Okay. Oh, that's right. He did play. Um, okay, so there's that one. <gasps> you know who's in this movie? Okay, go ahead. He was also in a movie. Wasn't he in like Heat or something like that? Val Kilmer was on a bunch of stuff that was really yeah, good in those. So maybe days. I'm just but, not remembering him that well. But you're right. He was he was in the Doors movie. There's and that was great. Actually, a movie. On net, one of the streaming services now about him, which I heard is pretty sad because apparently he's really lost it and gone off the deep end. Didn't he have cancer or something? I don't know the details, but I've heard about this documentary and it's uh, supposedly really good, but really sad and really heartbreaking to see where he's at nowadays. Um, but also it's a lot yeah. of footage that he shot himself apparently he was one of the first people running around with a video camera back when they weren't a thing so like madonna when she did her like that yeah he had a camera when he was like yeah when he was like doing movies in the 90s he had a little like camcorder running around Mm -hmm. and this is a lot of footage but so it starts off whatever but then it kind of goes downhill and he's in a bad place right now I, i believe from what i heard he at the end of it or whenever you see him like he can't he has to speak with one of those things now i think he's gotten uh that sucks yeah because i that's what i thought that he had cancer yeah throat um, cancer or something yeah, yeah that's um, sad way to bring down the mood oh man all right so let's lift but it you know back up the, again you know who's in the movie um, of the island of dr moreau feruza balk oh oh the craft the craft. That's the way yeah, to ba- yeah, let's bounce off the craft and then we get back up again. So <laughs> The Island of Dr. Moreau, I heard was a shitty movie. I don't really want to watch it, but it was originally a, a uh, an older movie like this one. And maybe that one's worth watching on an is ice that, cream sundae. Is I don't there know. not The Island of Dr. Moreau from 1977? Maybe that's the one that they remade then. Like, meaning that's the original. Okay, because that one is... Um, Why wasn't Brando in that then? He was busy. He had a thing that day. Mm-hmm. <laughs> There's a guy whose name is Hyena Man in the movie, apparently. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's oh, speaking awesome. of Val Kilmer and movies, he was in Ghost, uh, Ghost in the Darkness. Oh, wasn't? Yeah, I think so. Really? The one that's about a lion in the African Sahara. You're talking or about Christian the Lion? No, 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 no. This is that's a, mo- a documentary. This is a movie where he's like a hunter. I think it's like him and Michael Douglas. Hmm. Ghost in the Darkness. Never heard of it? It's this like lion that starts hunting and stalking this. Uh, like they're hunters, but they set up camp. But this like man, he, I think they bring him because there's like a man-eating lion around the area. And they need him to hunt the man-eating lion. Ghost oh. in the Darkness. That sounds cool. Like Predator. It was a movie that came out like around the same time as The Last of the Mohicans. And I don't know. I just kind of remember those in my head in the same space in my history. Mm, gotcha. Did you know that my daughter has you saved on her phone as the centaur? <laughs> <laughs> That's funny, but accurate. <laughs> Anything else you have to say, centaur man? Uh, 
No. Take two <laughs> pills and call Dr. Caligari in the morning. Oh my gosh. Can we take that out? That's like sad. <laughs> <laughs> hey, uh, sorry. It's Sunday and uh, that's what you get. Speaking of pills. Yeah, you got some? Well, so I got a recipe for really great, oh. like, um, pills, like CBD pills. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Oh, oh, okay, okay. So I'm going to need some of your plants. Okay. Okay. Shh, shh, what? Plants? I got you. Okay. Cool. All right. Um, that's it for us today. Thank you so much for coming along for this ice cream Sunday adventure. Thanks Three for having me the... over again. I know you're kind of getting sick of me, but, yeah, uh, it's okay. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah, The Cabinet of Dr. Caligari, 1920 silent film from Germany, uh, in between the two great wars. But, oh my gosh, you need to check it out. It is creepy. It is unsettling. It is dramatic. It is scary, even 100 years later. And Heidi won't tell you the ending. And I will not tell you the ending on this one. This one deserves... <laughs> the suspense. The suspense, yeah. All right, I go think. see it. It's go check so it out. Good. Go watch it. It's on... What, how did we find it? It's on Shudder. Yes, we watched it's it on, on Shutter. Shutter. Mm -hmm. If you don't have Shutter, uh, just try Googling watch Dr. Caligari for free and some website will take you there. <laughs> if you don't have Shutter, come on over. Watch it again. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds good. All right. Take care and we will see you on our next episode. Da -da 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 -da. It's, it's the, the motherfucking <laughs> ISP. Okay. Ice cream. <laughs> okay, bye. <laughs> <laughs>